The Mystery of Israel, the genesis for any discussion of the future. You know, I I struggled a little bit with that title, trying to figure out uh, what to call this particular uh, teaching. But you know, it is the mystery of Israel is really the beginning point for any discussion we're going to have on the future, the end of this age, the things we're navigating now and we will soon navigate in the future. So I think it's a good title. And I also believe we've made it clear, really in recent teachings, that unprecedented revivals are just ahead on God's agenda. These future awakenings will not much resemble the outbreaks of the past. You know, houses of prayer will spring up across the globe. Stadium Christianity, as we've said recently, will make an astounding comeback. A generation of young prophetic voices having the word of the Lord for the coming hour, the coming days. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. The Mystery of Israel. We've frequently discussed this great mystery, a a mystery to the nations, but no mystery to God who chooses who he will choose. I believe the, the subject of Israel is the genesis for any discussion regarding election, past or present conditions in the world, or the, the fulfillment of prophecy that God has made clear in his word regarding the end of this age and the issue of the covenant, the Lord's purpose for the church and its divine mandate and, and a host of other considerations. Has there been, this is a good question, <laughs> has there been any greater mystery in history than Israel and its earthly journey from antiquity? A people taken into Babylon, captivity, Babylonian captivity, and released 70 years later, encouraged to rebuild their city and put their religious system back in place. 500 short years later, subject to mass murder in 70 AD, scattered throughout the nations for nearly 2,000 years, simultaneously birthing ideologies that would permeate the nations throughout the world. Subject to inquisitions, mass murder, and then finally corralled into concentration camps of whom six million were murdered. Returned to their ancient land within ten years of that Holocaust, given recognition and statehood by the international community, resurrect an ancient language, create irrigation systems, bountiful crops, modern cities, eventually control their ancient capital of Jerusalem. Any people whatsoever? You know, I recently saw this uh, a Wikipedia entry of the list of Jewish Nobel laureates. states that as of 2017, Nobel Prizes have been awarded to 902 individuals, that's total, of whom 203, or 22.5%, were Jews although the total Jewish population comprises less than 0.2% of the world's population. What that means is the percentage of Jewish Nobel laureates is at least 112.5 times above average. Again, I ask the question, any people whatsoever? None. 
none other than those to whom God spoke and the prophets wrote. You know, I've read Deuteronomy on a number of occasions over the years. I've, I've loosely studied it, preached and taught from it, but it's only recently I've been arrested by the Holy Spirit to, to look deeply into the wisdom of this book and the amount of information it provides for the times that we're entering, the times of the future. Listen to the words of Moses in chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 20. The Lord, he's speaking to the children of Israel. They're, They're out of Egypt. They're about to enter into the promised land. The Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be his people and inheritance as you are this day. Now listen to this, six short verses later in in chapter 4, verse 26, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that you will soon utterly perish from the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. You'll not prolong your days in it, but will be utterly destroyed, and the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be few in number." Boy, you know, that sounds schizophrenic. But listen to verse 29. Again, Moses. But from there, you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him, if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress, and all these things come upon you, and here's the key, in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you, nor destroy you, nor forget, here it is, the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. Wow. (laughs) That's a a bad day, and that's a, a good day to come, a bad day and a good day. With one voice, Moses and all the prophets had shown that Israel's inheritance to the land would not be secure until after a final time of trouble. That's called Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah, a great tribulation. Yes and yes, a mystery that is in the process of being fulfilled and revealed, fully revealed to the church, eventually to the nations itself. This is where we live right now. This is about our time. This is, this is what the God of heaven and earth has held so tightly, so tightly to himself, only to be revealed when he sees his church coming to a maturity, a spiritual maturity, and rising to the coming occasion. Do you see that? The great ages-long mystery of Israel, the hallmark nation in, in God's divine plan, will soon be the beneficiary of an unprecedented moratorium of hostilities that have plagued it since the return to the land over seven decades ago. The church, meanwhile, that's been chilling, particularly here in the West, will receive a sudden wake-up call that all is not as it's supposed to be, that while this unexpected timeout is being celebrated by the nations at the time, this false peace and security, there are other forces of a spiritual nature 
that see this as a golden opportunity to checkmate the world and begin preparations for a, a great abominable event that will lead to the time of Jacob's trouble. As we've spoken numerous times in these podcasts, these planned events are nothing new. They were spoken of by the Hebrew prophets in their ancient writings, the one and same Hebrew writings that are perhaps sitting on your coffee table right now. Um, I'm meddling there. I Forgive me. By the way, do we still have coffee tables? I digress. Even before explanations of what the Bible says about this coming great tribulation, and, and of course there are many, Jesus warns of great deception that will precede many, many of the critical must events that will follow. In fact, deception appears to be one of the chief concerns of the Lord himself, Paul, the Apostle Paul, and others. It's very clear there's a coming deception that will deceive, if possible, even the very elect, those who the Holy Spirit has called into a, into a personal relationship with Christ. So while many will fall subject to lying spirits and the doctrine of demons, there is also a, a grounded, clear-headed, and spiritually anchored generation about to emerge that will have clearly seen and embraced what the prophets spoke of the days preceding the abomination and the time of Jacob's trouble. Jesus himself made it clear we must start we must start in the very places the modern church has seldom started, and that's in the prophets, Daniel in particular. The prophet, having, having just received one of the most, if not the most detailed angelic revelation of the time of the end in chapters 10 through 12 of Daniel, learns what he's to do with that information. Listen to verse 4 of Daniel 12. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Poor Daniel just received the most comprehensive download of future Bible prophecy, and he's told to close the book, seal it up. Someone else is going to unseal it and read it at the end of the age. The angel goes on. Many shall run to and fro. Knowledge shall increase. You know, that last statement can often be a bit confusing. He's, he's not talking about how fast people can get from one place to another in a crisis. At the time of the end, when the, when the plan of God is nearly fulfilled, many will run to and fro and listening, scrutinizing the Bible, running through the pages of Scripture to see if the prophets were the real deal and knew what they were talking about. Now the angel continues in verse 9, and he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up. They're sealed till the time of the end. There it is again. Many shall be purified, many made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise will understand. That's you and me. See, you and I are being put in a position to grasp, to comprehend the signs of the times, to recognize a godly mystery and experience God's grace in this great revelation. Listen to what the Apostle John says about the time in, in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one can number, 
of all the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, the Lamb of God, clothed in white robes with with palm branches in their hands. This, This is a heavenly event, folks. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And this is what he said to me. These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. Yeah, Jacob's trouble. And washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In other words, they overcame by the blood of Jesus. Tribulation martyrs who loved not their lives even unto death. You see, so it's it's really clear the Lord's mandate to go to Daniel is to understand. The modern church has been taught a number of scenarios for how this age will end. Will we be here or won't we be here? Others contend the Lord will return to bring only peace and safety. All those tribulation events happened way back in the past. It's all going to be good from here on out. Beloved, If ever there was a time to leave some of our preconceived notions behind and do what Daniel and our Lord told us to do, get understanding. It's now that we need to get that understanding. The Apostle Peter also had some insight on this in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them, who was in the prophets, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Verse 12, to them, who? The prophets. It was revealed that not to themselves, but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you. Peter was talking about new covenant believers. That's you and me. Most of you by this time have heard of the abomination of desolation, a significant timing indicator mentioned by Jesus, John, and Daniel. In fact, Daniel's speaking of this important end-time event is even more notable because the abomination is directly associated to another timing indicator, an animal sacrifice on Temple Mount. Listen carefully to this. In in every instance, without exception, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Jesus and the removal of the sacrifice mark the beginning of the final three and a half years of this age. That's the great tribulation, Jacob's trouble. In order for that sacrifice to have been taken away, it must to have begun. Listen to Daniel 8.11. He, that's the Antichrist, even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host, and by him, the Antichrist, the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary, that's the newly erected third temple, was cast down. See, it's impossible to separate the abomination from the removal of the daily sacrifice in the temple. God has given us, the body of Christ, an unmistakable sign that the tribulation is just ahead when we meet that time frame. Cutting off the sacrifice, the abomination, and then Jacob's trouble. The starting point for this event is in Israel itself, in particular Jerusalem. It's the time of Jacob's trouble, a military invasion that will 
once again scatter the people among the nations, just like Moses predicted in Deuteronomy. The abomination of desolation will be the most explicit event to signal the tribulation, while at the same time a man will undergo a dramatic change bringing about war and desolations to Israel that will only cease at the return of Christ. Jacob's trouble is an age-ending event with clear timing indicators that will will not take the remnant church by surprise. A people who know their God shall be strong, carry out great exploits. A people of understanding who shall be instructing many. You know, we've covered a, a lot of territory here today when I think about it, but but I'm convinced that if we're to understand the mystery we spoke of earlier in, in the book of Deuteronomy, an ancient people with an ancient covenant, we must understand what will soon take place in the land. It's a timing indicator. What happens there will change history. And we need to get our hearts and our heads around that. Let's take a moment to pray and ask God for some revelation on this, Father. Father, we need, we really need your continual insight into the mysteries in this hour. Our spirits are stirred. There is a quickening in our hearts and minds that uh, we are at the beginning of the beginning of a work you're performing even now in the earth that will forever change how we see you, worship you, and how we respond to you. You're doing a work in the earth, Father, that's, that's coming quickly. It's underway. Help us prepare our hearts for that day. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Subscribe to the podcast, brothers and sisters. Spread the word. And by the way, I always like to hear from you. What's, what's God speaking in your hearts these days? You know, many of you have wisdom to share, and you need to share it. Until our next podcast and our next time together, I pronounce blessings on each and every one of you. And Maranatha, I'm Bill Nordstrom.